Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, here with Aaron Keller, and we have rejoining us for the second time in a couple weeks here, our Upland Game Staff Specialist, Sean Espinoza. Thank you, Sean, for taking another chunk of time to come hang out with us. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks. Yes, and I think a lot of people are looking forward to this podcast because we are currently in the youth chucker hunt right now. And on October 9th, the general chucker season opens statewide. So it's an exciting time of year for a lot of people. And um, we recently just uh, released our chucker forecast. So, Sean, do you want to talk a little bit about the forecast and what you saw? Sure. Yeah. And, and October 9th, well, the chucker opener is always a big opener for upland game bird hunters. It's probably the time of the year that that most of the chucker hunters get out you know those first couple of weekends and things die down a little bit after that and then you know when snowfall comes then people get out a little bit and pursue the birds a little bit more after that but um you know this year there was some surprises um obviously because we've had a, a overall lack of precipitation uh throughout most of the year not much in the way of a snowpack i I wasn't expecting very much honestly uh but in some areas uh we did observe decent production and uh for the most part uh especially in the eastern region um i think we got some timely rains here and there but by and large i think it was uh, uh, a higher than average grasshopper population and probably mormon crickets contributed to it as well and i think that provided some nutrient contents for the birds to have at least a successful hatch and gave a lot of the chicks when they were uh, growing uh, a pretty good food resource Uh, we are seeing some limited uh, water availability so that's going to be something for folks to consider as they choose areas uh, upcoming uh, during the season of areas that they want to go to pursue birds in Um, you know in years like this um, uh, it's going to be all about where they're finding water and quality riparian systems and uh, if you find that, you're probably going to find um, at, at least a, a chucker population that's that's worth pursuing. Um, water developments in years like this um, probably aren't going to be as good as they would in, in, a, in a better precipitation year. Um, but they still can offer some limited opportunities as well. But I would seek out those perennial spring sources that uh, are still flowing. And hopefully, you know, folks from their big game scouting uh, opportunities and things like that know where those places are. Got it. Great information for people to have. And it's interesting. I don't always think about this, but it's it's obvious, but I don't think about it when thinking of chucker hunting. But it was interesting how you talked about how the Mormon crickets and insects actually could then impact chucker hunting because there's going to be a better population so it's interesting how everything ties together right right and uh especially on a year where we didn't get much vegetative growth um you know our grasses were pretty limited didn't have a ton of forbs on the landscape so 
uh, I think that they replace those food resources with uh, with insects, uh, which you know we're we're pretty surprised and happy to see. But I don't know if folks noticed that when they've been out and about. But there was there was a lot of grasshoppers out this year, so that was a good thing for a lot of different upland game birds. Yeah, it sounds like a thing. pretty optimistic forecast. I, you know, it, it's like I said, it, it, it's better than I thought yeah. it was going to be um, based on precipitation receipts, um, you know, but it's still it's still variable across the state. Some areas that have been good in the past, like Churchill County, um, it, it probably won't be as good this year as it has been. Um, we're going to be limited to a lot of adult birds. They just didn't have the production that they, they have had in the past few seasons. Um, so, and, and, you know, with those adult birds, you know, they're going to be getting up at 50, 60, 80 yards, probably that first weekend. So it's going to be a little tough in places like that. Uh, but other areas, of the state, I mean, if folks are willing to travel to, you know, say portions of Western Elko County and, um, uh, portions of the Bruno river, then they're going to get into coveys that have a pretty good composition of younger birds. And, you know, they're going to be getting up you know, in within range. Uh, so that's going to make all the difference in the world of being successful. Um, we have a few places in northwestern Nevada that uh, saw pretty good production, like western Pershing County, portions of western Pershing County. But interestingly enough, the eastern side of the county, we didn't see that. So uh, places like the East Range and the Humboldt Range, um, it, it just didn't look very good there. Um, habitat conditions were pretty poor overall. Um, not a lot of growth of uh, vegetation in those areas and uh, didn't really see the, the amount of insects that we did in some other areas. So that could have been a contributing factor. Um, and then, you know, uh, Washoe County, um, there's places in Washoe County that look really good and there's places that are like a ghost town where you're just not going to be successful. So uh, it's going to be, you know, a lot of exploration and uh, success one day and not so much success the next day. So that's part of the whole experience, though, yep, very <laughs> getting much so. out there, exploring and. Yeah. What and so what kind of advice would you give somebody that's maybe starting out trucker hunting and is kind of looking at the forecast and trying to pick a spot to go? I mean, is it just as simple as that? Just go and explore and see what you can find or, um, you know, some map time uh, and and spending some time with a program like Google Earth, maybe even Onyx. Um, those can provide some areas that are, you know, away from roads, um, places where you'll find, you know, some green strips. Uh, you want to look for those green strips and water availability on the landscape. Uh, some of those images are a little bit older, so pay attention to when the, the image was actually available for. But sometimes that can provide some good out-of-the-way spots, um, you know, and, and always look for, you know, talus slopes, cliffy areas, that type of thing. And if you find water resources near those areas, there's probably going to be, you know, at least a cover or two of chucker in those areas. Um, folks largely know, you know, Humboldt County has always been probably uh, the number one county in the state for, for harvest. Um, but you're going to be dealing with a lot of people and um, you're going to be dealing with some pretty wily birds. You know, I would seek out some portions of maybe uh, southern Lander County, uh, portions of northern Eureka County, and you're going to find less people there. And you're going to explore some pretty good areas that, um, 
you know, you, you might get into quite a few younger birds in places like that and, and have a chance to be more successful that way. Right on. And then somebody that's looking at the forecast, is there a, like, what's the key to breaking down that forecast? Are you looking for kind of the, like, what are some indicators of like good spots to go look? Well, of course, th you know, people always want to look at total birds that right. were observed. Um, and that, that can be based on, you know, just the level of effort in a particular area. Yep. Um, but, you know, you want to see a sample size of at least 100 birds uh, to be able to get some estimate of production. And what you like to see is that production uh, exceed 4.5 chicks per, per hen or chicks per adult. That gives us some semblance that, hey, our, our chucker population is maintaining itself and might be increasing a little bit. If you're below that, then we're probably, you know, in a deficit direction. So, um, so pay attention to the number of birds that were sampled in a particular area, and then pay attention to the overall threshold in terms of what that production value was. And if we're above 4.5, then we think we're doing at least okay. Um, you know, in, in the really good chucker years, we would see production estimates that were in excess of six or seven uh, chicks per adult. Then we know we're in, we're in pretty good shape then. We haven't really seen that because we really haven't had the precipitation that we need to really sustain these birds. So, But you are seeing some glimpses of hope in there, the forecast. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and I think that it will be, you know, probably comparable to last season and okay. in some places probably better. That's great. Yeah, I remember, I think it was like a month ago we were starting to talk about, we need to get you in here for a Chucker Forecast podcast, and we weren't so excited about it because we were worried on what the forecast would be. So I actually think this sounds hopeful. This is good. Right. We didn't have the, the data at that time. Exactly. So, um, and you, you never really know until you go out and really check these spots. Um, but... You know, in, in places, uh, you know, especially the, the eastern region, um, you know, that, that sort of western, uh, southern portion of Elko County looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is largely due to mild winters. Um, in the past, places in Elko County, you know, cold temperatures, normally a pretty good snowpack. And when that snowpack gets frozen over, that's when resources are dwindling for, for chucker. And we haven't really had that. So there hasn't been much of a winter kill in places like Elko County. And what we see over here in the western region, another species that I think is benefiting from mild uh, winters is California quail. Uh, we saw plenty of spots where we were doing the chucker brood routes where either California quail are calling or you're hearing them in the bushes or um, you're seeing good numbers and good production of California quail. And, you know, I, I was kind of surprised by that too, being as, as dry as it was, but there was a decent number of adults that carried over from, from last year because of the mild winter. So and, and one of the limiting factors on California quail is that just the overwinter kill, right? Yep. And so yep. when you said, yeah, you've seen more quail, it made sense when mm -hmm. you start thinking about the winters have been mild and, or not as cold. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, and where you don't have an, uh, you know, if you start getting, you know, 18 inches plus of snow on the ground and not much melting and it freezes over, then then that has a real effect on on both species, really. Hmm. 
Got it. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and take a break right there because I want to come back and talk to you. Not only are you our Upland Game Staff Specialist, but you're an avid hunter yourself. So I want to come back and talk a little bit about that. We will be right back after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. We are joined by Upland Game Staff Specialist Sean Espinoza today talking about the chucker forecast and chucker hunting. And Sean, right before the break, you broke down the forecast for us a bit, but I wanted to get into hunting. Um, You had said, or I had said that you um, are a hunter yourself. So what are some tips you'd give to other hunters heading out there? Um, Well, you know, I I think the first thing to be cognizant of is, you know, the water situation in which we talked about, but also, you know, where you're hunting on the mountain. Um, Sometimes, you know, elevation is always uh, key for chucker hunting. And if you get elevation, you want to maintain elevation. But another thing to think about too is, is what aspect you're hunting on, on the mountain. You want to be, especially this time of the year in the early season, you want to be more on north facing slopes than on southern facing aspects and you're just going to get more resources there you're going to get more vegetation it's a cooler place to be for the birds on the mountains so uh, that's one thing that I always try to do is, is focus on the, the north facing slopes especially in our steeper mountain ranges and then trying to get as much elevation as I can um, especially if it rains um, you know they're going to stay in higher country if it rains um, if it doesn't and it stays warm, and we g- we're getting some cooler temperatures now, which is, I think, a good thing and, and kind of I wish it would rain. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't, then, you know, eventually between the hours of nine and noon, uh, you're going to find birds that are gravitating towards a water source. And so you'll be able to focus on that to be a little bit more successful as well. Okay. And what are you most excited for this chucker season? Um. I'm more excited for kind of the later portion of the season. Um, there's usually less hunters out, and then that kind of changes the game a little bit, especially if there's snow um, and you can use tracks. The dogs are, you know, much more effective at that time of the year. Uh, scent holds much better uh, on the ground, and so the dogs are a lot more effective. And you don't have to carry quite as much water uh, during the winter period. Um, you know, early in the season, I carry more water for the dogs than I carry, you know, sports drinks or whatever for myself normally. And usually by, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, we're usually out of everything and have to go replenish or, you know, seek out a water source to get the dogs to because they've drank everything. So, um, and without, without, you know, adequate water for the dogs, then they start to lose their ability to, to smell anything as well. So, that's, that's a key factor. That's a really good point. You need to not only bring water for yourself, but plenty of water for your dogs. There's a lot that goes into preparing. And it is out. so hot out there right yeah. now. I mean, <laughs> you think about it, it's not the temperature is not that hot, but when you're out on the open face, it's 
It's dry. It's dusty. Yeah, the sun's beating down. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I mean, it's exciting. It's it's the the fall. You can feel it. Um, right now, we're in the youth season. Um, are you going to go out this coming weekend? Yes, I'm going to try to. You know, kids are in in football, so there's sports to contend with. Um, but Sunday, I think we're going to try and, and get out somewhere, you know, not too far away from town, at least to get them, you know, some exposure and maybe get a couple of shots off and get them prepared for the rest of the season. Right. That's what I think is fun with the kids is they don't need a limit. They need to get some shots, mm-hmm. get some opportunities, get that adrenaline going and uh, see the dogs and just have the adventure of out on the on the hillside and riding around the truck with dad and yeah. all that. And it's always exciting to see a covey of chucker, especially lift off the ground and, you I know, bet. to see the that moment of confusion um, when that happens and, you know, see the kids' faces after that. And yeah, the mini heart attack. <laughs> the mini heart attack, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Aaron, are you going out too with your yeah, kids? Yeah, well, we went out last weekend and uh, it uh, my heart was racing because we came around the corner and parked and... I knew that there was birds from earlier in the summer and they were there. They were right where they should have been. And so was even just seeing them and hearing them is, uh, is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and that's always the neat thing early in the year too, is, um, you know, they're more, more vocal at that time of the year. So you, you hear them chucking more mm-hmm. early in the season. Sometimes you get to areas later on and, you know, it's like a library out there. They won't <laughs> talk. Um, <laughs> they're, they're pretty privy to what that means if they start sounding off. Yeah. So. Um, isn't the uh, when they sound off, that's I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, it makes you chase them to somewhere. I mean, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt, especially if you've broken the covey up. If you just got one single that's down below you and he's spouting off, probably not worth it to lose that elevation and go pursue that bird, uh, especially if it's probably an adult. He's probably going to outfox you anyway. But, uh, you know, if you see the main portion of the covey, stay, you know, mid-slope or whatever, stay, keep your elevation. Don't, don't lose that elevation. That's always the cardinal sin of chucker hunting is to lose elevation, so... Right. lose the elevation yeah and mm-hmm. they can really they can trick you oh yeah. that's <laughs> i i love every time we post a chucker post people are like those little <laughs> i won't even insert word there yeah, yeah people <laughs> love to so hate chuckers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hate relationship right right <laughs> yeah and they are frustrated they are a frustrating bird particularly late in the season i mean i don't know how many times that uh you know it's, you'll you'll track birds to a ridge in the snow and you'll see the wing beats in the snow the birds took off even before you got there that's one of the more frustrating aspects of of chucker hunting um and you know honestly is why you keep pursuing the birds is because they're pretty challenging um great form of exercise and you know just a great reward in terms of uh, the table fare that they provide um it's a little extra work but man when you you got to earn it sometimes and that makes it all all that much more better yeah, for sure. And you, there's so many recipes for chucker. So many. It's so awesome. Many. Yeah. Oh yeah, it doesn't stop with the hunt. Then, then you got to go home and make some recipes. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Part of the fun of chucker. Yeah. Season. What's your favorite recipe? Way to cook. You know, them. I still uh, gravitate towards the fajitas. Yeah. Ooh. Um, 
but I, I've also gotten into just, uh, you know, a, a simple bread and, and fry, and the kids really love that. So, um, I, but I think it's time to get out of the box a little bit and start exploring some other ways of preparing them. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, we have a good friend of the department, Eddie Booth. He showed us some good recipes. So shout out to Eddie for the uh, the, the twist on the chucker recipes, for sure. We've had chucker hearts and all the legs and all those different recipes are they're all good mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i've got yeah. a i've got a friend of mine that always likes to keep the meat from the legs strips them down grinds it up and use them in spaghetti sauce um, interesting and and it really comes out good like that so that's a great way to use the meat from the legs strip those tendons out get rid of those and then you're not you know having a, a chewy leg to, to munch on yeah so. right on and then um we just have a few more minutes but you wanted to touch on a little bit on sage grouse. Yeah. Oh, yes. We almost forgot up. sage grouse. Yeah. So um, there's a two-day season that's going to be opening um, October 2nd and 3rd. Uh, that's for much of northern Washoe County. Um, also, the Montana Mountains and the Santa Rosas in Humboldt County will be open for that two-day season this year. And there'll be a few spots in central Nevada, too. So, um I think some of those central Nevada spots that are open for just those two days, I think will be worth a, you know, worth the, the travel time. Um, uh, you know, Washoe County is just right now, uh, it's so dry. It, it's so desolate out there. Um, like I say, we haven't had much in the way of uh, production. That's why we elected to reduce that season. Um, it, it's just because of, of the primary productivity of the plants out there and, and where we're at. Um, and then, you know, we, we've seen a decline in, in lek numbers, um, so that contributes to that as well. So we went from a, uh, a nine-day season to a two-day season for, for much of Washoe County. But I still think there'll be opportunities out there uh, in certain places of, of northern Washoe, like uh, that area around Massacre Rim and, and the Hayes Canyon Range uh, should offer offer some good opportunities there. Right on. And then you'll be interested to see how the report comes back from those hunters and yeah, we'll, talking to people we'll be uh, setting up the wing barrels in various areas. So please, if you're going out and uh, you, you're lucky enough to harvest, please deposit those wings into the wing barrels uh, in the envelopes and, you know, kind of provide some areas of, of uh, harvest. And then we'll analyze those wings um, usually in November or December. And that gives us a pretty good idea of what production looks like. And then we use that information for the following season. Yeah, and then anybody that's listening that um, does decide to go out, if you could write down on a piece of paper some information, any observations you saw, anything like that, put that in with your wings or in the barrel. I'm sure Sean would appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and that, well. that's usually included on the questionnaire on the envelope that's mm -hmm. prepared. So um, all that's and there should be, you know, pens and pencils available in the mailbox associated with the wing barrels. Right on. Good to know. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming in, Sean. Yeah. No, it was uh, it was good. Appreciate the time, and hopefully, folks have a nice, successful chucker season upcoming. I think if uh, if people dissect what you told them in the last half hour, yes, they, they have a pretty good shot. There's, I mean, you went through the whole state, then you broke down through the area, then where you would look on the mountain. To, I think it's pretty detailed information right there. Yeah, it's always you know 
tough to compartmentalize in just uh, 20 minutes. But yeah, <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Our podcasts are too short sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like that was a lot of good information that people are looking for. Yeah, we so. could always get more specific, but, yeah. you know, um, that's why it's called hunting. People got to go out and figure I these things out for themselves. I was just going to say, they got to get out there and explore. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Which is going to be key this year. Well, thanks again, Sean. We appreciate you as always coming in and thank you everyone for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.